the mm. countdown does work. It gets me fired up. I'm about to do the squirrel like Ray Lewis. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't think that would look good? Nothing, nothing sounds less intimidating, but is actually more intimidating than Ray Lewis's The Squirrel. And then you got to eat some grass. Oh, they bring right. out they bring out real grass because once they switch the filter. I love get what we're out. doing here. We get to bond. We, we will bring on Bill Barnwell in a little bit here to talk about football stuff, and that'll be great and smart. But I want to talk to you about the thing that I think is actually the biggest story of the weekend, which is still the story that plagues the NBA. Um, and clearly the Golden State Warriors, which is the Draymond Green Jordan Poole thing, man. We did a whole segment that I was very proud of. And I remain proud of it, by the way. History should should reflect that I remain proud of what we did last week. No, don't don't shake your head because we got a video. Although the video yeah, changes. Did. The video changes. Okay. Thing. I'm, I'm a little less proud of it. I'm a little <laughs> less proud of it. Um, but, but, I'm but, not ashamed of it, but I'm not proud of it. I'm going to be proud of what we're about to do right now, though. Okay, well, here's what I thought was so interesting about the video, right? Was that it actually seemed to catch even the Golden State Warriors by surprise. And I don't say that because the video was leaked, although that is the thing that everybody is focused on with the Warriors for reasons we can get to and should get to. But simply because it became clear, reading reporting by people like Marcus Thompson, who was really plugged into this team, who wrote books yeah. with people who played on this team, and also just watching the video itself, that people clearly had not seen what actually happened until the video, which is something that I didn't really anticipate, which is that they didn't actually see Draybond cold cock Jordan Poole in the face until I think the video got leaked. Yeah. And the fact that it hit the Warriors, so to speak, in that way, it did make it seem that much more serious and that much more of a conundrum, clearly. The first thing that comes to mind is when you said it plagues the NBA, it made me think about the NFL because they do have actual issues. And <laughs> I think that you decided to make this the first topic of the show today. So I believe that you are an NFL operative. And you are like, hey, <laughs> look at the head injury in basketball. Don't talk about head injuries over here. Let's look at the basketball oh, head injury that theory. happened. So I now know that you are a secret agent for Roger Goodell in the Shield. That's but, right. I am. I am the true meat shield. It's <laughs> me, guys. The um, no, you're you're just pointing all of our attention over to the head injury that matters slightly less than the ones that are happening. Well, on but, but but before, but, but, I, well, I I do want to clarify something really quickly. I don't think this is the biggest NBA story of the last four months, as some prominent oh, yeah. people have alleged it to be. I don't think it's that in the NBA, but I do think it is enormously interesting. Yeah, I mean, it's very interesting. There's a lot of different places to go. First, I think the video. We know this. We're human. Videos change things. And it gives you another look. I mean, because I think having been in professional sports, like I've seen fights. I've never seen anything like that. And I've seen team fights that got violent and got bloody, but I've never seen like something that felt like, I don't know, like sucker punches is like the debate. Like most of the time it's very clear. And I guess in Draymond's defense, He's like, it's clear that this is going to escalate. But, like, the punch, like, you know, I don't know. I don't know the proper etiquette, but that, like, felt weird. And the press conferences afterwards, the conversation of it, like, it all felt yeah. weird and interesting. And I had this, this like, surprising feeling that, like, Draymond and Jordan are going to be, like, the closest people after all of this. <laughs> I know that sounds weird 
I feel like I use weird too many times, but no, I'm, I'm here. Sounds... I'm here for your strange theories. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thesaurus Pablo. You're welcome. Everything's happening around them and no one else knows what they feel, but them. Mm. And Draymond seemed contrite. It was an unusual way to get to contrition, but it felt genuine. It didn't, there wasn't a whole bunch of like explanation or defense Right. Or what he did, which like I, we see so many people, and I this is certainly not meant to celebrate Draymond for what he did or anything, but we see so many people do dumb things. People who are supposed to be more mature and more accomplished than Draymond and uh, more professional. And so rarely do they stand up and say, I blew it. I'm sorry to this person. I am not going to try to justify and explain my decision. I'm sorry to this person. I'm sorry to their family. I'm sorry to their mom, their dad, the whole organization. I messed up. And right. I am an embarrassment I, is what I he essentially said. I appreciated that. It felt genuine, you know? So did and I. I don't know. Well, well, hold on. On that, though, I think there were some quotes that when you read them over the weekend, they read differently than how they sounded because we both watched this actual press conference. And when Draymond Green says... You know, this was also embarrassing for Jordan Poole's family. I think people read it like, oh, wow, what an own. Like, he punched him so hard his family got embarrassed. It's like, no, that's not what he was saying. He was saying that if you were to imagine being the parents of Jordan Poole, you would feel horrible about watching that happen to your son. And that's, I mean, you were saying, Dominique, like, okay. And I was curious how you would feel as, again, a uh, cold-hearted, uh, sort of numb football player who's seen lots of things and, watched lots of fights, like how you would react to this. And you seem to have reacted the way the Warriors reacted in the way that I alluded to before, which is to say everybody was kind of more uncomfortable than they were prepared to be. And yeah. that was the tone of all of this was just like, yo, something with, and Draymond, to the extent that he offered any sort of excuse, I don't think it was really an excuse. It was actually kind of like a, a window into what's actually going on. He said that he's been dealing with some stuff that made him quicker to anger that day, some personal life stuff. And when he said it, I didn't see that or hear that as an excuse. Yeah. It just actually felt like him admitting something that mm -hmm. was not going right in his life. And when people on this team saw what had actually happened, I think everybody, and this was the point that Marcus Thompson made in his column for The Athletic, everybody was like, yo, this is indefensible. Yeah. <laughs> like this yeah. is just not a thing you can really spin and steve kerr I'll, I'll throw this more one more log onto the fire here steve kerr dominique he said admitted as much in his in his presser too like if the video was never out here this would have been very easy mm. to get over yeah so and now Dr we can't yeah draymond's point about him going through some stuff i have to admit my immediate reaction was feels like draymond is always going through some stuff you know, also like that also based that. on if this was, I don't know, it didn't seem out of character to him. This behavior, you know, so I he don't is know. like the number one suspect. If you said like blind item, an NBA player punched his teammate in the face during practice, like you'd get to Draymond within two guesses, probably. Yeah, I, I think so. So that that was. uh Yeah, it, it's Draymond going through some things doesn't seem wild to me, and I appreciate him sharing that. The point about the video is when someone says there's a fight and someone got punched, we imagine a fight, like a struggle. And 
it kind of was just like, and I think this is why Draymond was talking about uh, his family being embarrassed and it's changed everything. Is like Jordan got punched and like went down, and that's an embarrassing thing. No matter how it happens, you don't want that out there. Like I, I've got crossed up playing pickup basketball, and I was ashamed for a week. I'm sorry so, about that. Yeah, I know. I still think about it the way that you did me when we were 14 years old. <laughs> um, but the that video really changes the way it feels because I think the story that that is spun up around it in our mind is like two grown men basketball players having a altercation at practice in a tense like that's fine but what it actually looked like was one really big man like springing yeah. pouncing upon a smaller man and that doesn't feel good to for us to to witness and I don't know I was surprised by how I reacted to it because yeah. we've talked about this before about how I think about my footballness as like some more hyper masculine version, not positively, but like I played football. A basketball fight's not going to make me uncomfortable. That basketball fight made me. Yeah, uncomfortable. You, your text was this is ugly, and I was like, yeah. "Yo, Dominique went to like the moral mat immediately as an instinct <laughs> here," and I wanted to unpack why. And I think it's also because Jordan Poole, beyond like the weight class difference, is that yeah. he did not even have his defenses up. He yeah. was caught unawares and crumpled. And I think the thing about the, the way this can really like complicate a team, and this is why I'm fascinated by your theory that maybe like them being at the eye of the storm is actually going to be a bonding experience. The way it can complicate a team is because like Draymond's whole deal is that he's supposed to prevent this from happening to his teammates. And he was the yeah. guy visiting this outcome upon them. But now you bring up a good point. Like, nobody knows truly, outside of the two of them, like, why this happened and why it, like, and why the theories about money, which Draymond refuted, whether you yeah. believe that or not, have any water, actually, to them. Yeah, the um, eye of the storm theory, we'll see how that works out. But it, it, I feel like when it's not actual animosity and the, like, assailant is genuinely apologetic... Everyone and Draymond's point about the family is a real one because everybody around you is hot and they're mad. That's for that's you. that's the video effect. Yeah, and the people that are actually there. So it'll be interesting because not only is Draymond like his role is supposed to be like protecting the way that you framed it is like protecting this from happening to his team. His role is also like to draw this out of his teammates. Like this is the mm -hmm. team that like, I don't know, they're, they're kind of like shooters, which is like considered a pretty boy position. Their best player is so cute. It's like, we think about the Warriors as a, as a bit of a soft. We have not, dude, we have never infantilized NBA champions right. in the way that with we the, have With the exception team. of Draymond, like Draymond makes yes. them not soft and he makes them not soft because he is like always teetering on this edge. And it'll be interesting to see how this changes Draymond, the way he approaches it. So the same way when something becomes a big public story, now the Dolphins are probably going to be a little bit more cautious with putting people back into games. So yeah. I know this is not apples to apples, but Draymond is going to be more cautious about the way that he behaves in the course of a game, in the course of practice. And if we're to buy all the things that we've been sold about Draymond, 
this whole time is that Draymond needs to be that guy on the edge to play well. And the Warriors need Draymond to be that guy on the edge to play well. So, like, if Draymond is going to be in the course of the game, like, oh, but I'm the guy who punched Jordan Poole, I got to be, like, supportive guy. I can't be challenge your manhood guy. So I, I don't know, like, how it's going to happen. He's not going to be the one that's calling KD a B-word in, in clutch situations. Yeah, it is. And clutch situation is a clever, clearly intentional pun by you. Uh, Obviously, yeah. Because Trey Young was out here. Trey Young was out here saying Draymond is trying to get to LA because, yes, LeBron was at his wedding and so was Steph, obviously. But like there is clutch. There is clutch in the air when it comes to like what happens next for Draymond in this new version of himself. But look, man, but but here's it smells like money, clearly. Um, But (laughs) but here's here's the thing that I, I am curious about when it comes to like, what happens next? And I think it's actually the same question as it was before the video in this one sense. The way this goes away is for Draymond and Jordan Poole to publicly demonstrate and communicate that they are both past this. And it's really up to Jordan, really. It's yeah. up to him to say it because in the end, right? Like, and many people have argued back and forth on the internet. Like, it's either a debate about how your family doesn't get in enough fights or you get into too many fights. Like, I'm, it's hard to tell sometimes whether That's I'm so not stupid. tough enough or too tough to have so cared about this punch in the way that I do. But the point is that like, it is ultimately a thing that is as disastrous as the people involved are going to make it. Right. And if Jordan Poole wants to help out here and move past this, we can get past it a lot quicker than if it remains apparently as such where these two guys have yet to communicate directly, right. obviously, understandably about, the fact that one of them got uh, hot, there's no, fill in the blanked. Yeah. <laughs> there's no, there's no, there's no solution for this other than Jordan Poole just like being like, "All right, I'm gonna move on," because there's no like, "What are you gonna stand there?" Like, All right, now you punch me. <laughs> that just, this, just doesn't work that way. I love like, that he, possibility though. <laughs> he, he crossed the line. Like I, I, I've been there before where I'll, I've gone too far with friends, and I'm like, "All right, you can take a shot." It doesn't work. Like, no one ever wants to take a shot like that. And it's just like, I don't know. It's, uh, the next, you're right. The next um, the next evolution of this story is going to be how Jordan Poole reacts when he does eventually react. But, yeah, that uh, note to self, when there's no video, imagine the worst scenario. <laughs> I should have learned this back in the day. I mean, honestly. A long time ago. But yeah. imagine a worst scenario before yeah. you make comments because while you're not ashamed of what we did last week, I was a little too close in my view to saying, Hey, it is what it is. Teams fight. And then I saw that. I was like, no, any asshole who's saying this is all right is an asshole. Yeah. 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 Um, now I feel worse. Congratulations. All right. Let's change the subject. A friend we would never ever want to strike in the moneymaker. <laughs> Bill Barnwell, thank you for for joining me and Dominique, man. It's my pleasure. Anywhere you want to strike me, Pablo, I'll take one for the team. Oh, wow. That feels like an insult, Dominique. He doesn't doesn't respect my striking (laughs) power, my punching power. My copy box stats are underrated on this fake television show. Maybe maybe I just told him my own kink because I thought he was flirting with you. (laughs) (laughs) Alabaster, you want to join this for some or what? Yes. Let's 
I'm going to pivot us away from this foursome and talk about some football. And we're going to play a new game. The game is going to be called Are They Cooked? It's a pretty <laughs> simple game. The scale goes from Josh Allen, who is obviously not cooked, to Baker Mayfield, who has been baked a little bit too long and is super cooked. But we had some really interesting game this weekend, and I think they'll be pretty illustrative about whether or not these teams are cooked. The first one, how cooked are the Green Bay Packers? Ooh, alongside this, for the podcast audience, you really have to understand the graphics department that we've built here. Yes. It's out of control right now. <laughs> <laughs> they are definitely nearer to the, well, cooked is, I don't want to put them near Josh Allen, but I don't think no. they're like cooked. They're not actually cooked. They're like in the middle. This is the, I feel like I'm ruining the game as soon what? as we got the game. You're a television personality, and you're saying they're in the middle? There's no place right. for nuance. You're right. They're past cooks. They're super cooks. They're so they're, cooked they're that we looking can't even tell up, what they were. They're looking up at Baker. They're blackened. They're charcoal. No, they, are, of course, are in the middle. But I think what we saw from them on Sunday is an example of how limited they are and what sort of limited margin for error they have in winning football games. Because the Giants basically dared, the, dared Aaron Rodgers and the Packers in the second half of this game we're going to rush eight. We're going to play cover zero. We're going to crowd the line of scrimmage. We're going to take away your RPOs. We're going to take away your running game. We're going to take away the quick game. And we're going to dare Aaron Rodgers to throw deep. And it did not work. Aaron Rodgers could not do it. And it's not because he doesn't have the arm strength, because he does. It's because they don't have the weapons or the passing game to pull that off against a kind of okay at best Giants defense, so you can imagine what better defenses are going to do looking at this tape, thinking how limited and how sort of one-sided this offense is, even when it's going well. Let's I would understand having trouble uh, um, addressing a zero blitz team if you did not know earlier in the week that you were playing against Wink Martindale. Who are you waving at, your dog, Bill? <laughs> I, I'm, I'm, I'm waving at the king. <laughs> But I mean, the, game? the one thing that you should put, you should prepare for when you're going against a Wink Martindale defense, the mm -hmm. one that you should be expecting, the only thing that you should have a game plan for is mm -hmm. the damn zero blitz. Mm -hmm. And that's like, it comes down to, like, I don't know. It feels like this was a coaching situation because I, mm. I saw the, the, uh, the giants in the red zone. They had mm -hmm. like, weird little quirky gimmick plays and i loved it it was like you know what yes. we are not going to settle for too many field goals and mm -hmm. we didn't see anything from the packers and even the things that they were expecting how do you go the entire second half without scoring up well they got two points because the giants gave them a safety like mm -hmm. if you are a team that has back-to-back -back mvp at quarterback y'all gonna have to give us three you had to give us something <laughs> you, you i mean anything it seems like I don't know, it's reminiscent uh, of that Ravens-Bills uh, game where they fell apart. Mm -hmm. But at least the Bills are good. Pablo, so where are you putting them? Bill and I yeah. agreed that we are going to be right in the middle. It's a medium. They are a medium mm -hmm. state. I, I think they're more done than that. And I Ooh. say that because after the game, I want to give you guys Ooh. a quote which made me laugh mm -hmm. when, I, when I read it, right? So Jair Alexander, right, who is, you know, uh, the highest paid quarterback in football. Yeah. Um, what he said was, quote, I ain't worried, but if we lose next week, <laughs> then I'll be worried. <laughs> they play the Jets next week. I just feel like when you're already looking ahead to like, look, guys, we're good. Uh, but next week we might be. 
<laughs> I'll put you a little bit closer to the Baker Mayfield level yeah, of things. That, that's it, fair. It, it, it's real like, oh, the Giants beat us. And that's okay. We're not as good as the Giants, but we're definitely better than the Jets. They also blame yes. this game, at least some of the locker room was blaming the game, on the travel to London, which it's not like you guys didn't know you were going to London. Like, it's not that far away from also, Green Bay. Also, do yeah. you think that Brian Dayball, like, lives at Buckingham Palace? Like, they also <laughs> no. had to travel for this. I mean, they. I guess they're closer by a time zone, but yeah, I don't think that it, it like matters. an hour? Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm not agreeing with them. I'm just trying to make <laughs> some sense out of foolishness. Like, they had to travel, too. Everyone had to travel. There's really no excuse for this loss, especially now that they've upgraded the grass. Then they used to like play on soccer grass and it was a mess. Like it's, it's a better uh, conditions. You can't really complain now. I do want to ask you a question about the giants. I want to pivot about the giants and okay. how good do you think this team is? Because they're obviously well coached now, but they still look until this week. I thought they were somewhat deficient on offense. And Dominique I, is shaking his head. Am I, well, am I wrong to they're believe both, that they're better than I thought? shaking his head. I mean, Furiously. I, I think it's an exaggeration to say after this week that they look good on offense because I didn't think they look great offense. Like, it wasn't like an effective offensive strategy unless your strategy is Saquon, do it. And, mm -hmm. and Daniel, scramble. Like, it wasn't much of, I don't know, it didn't seem to me to be like a great, cohesive, effective offense. And the defense, their strategy is there is like high risk, high reward. And if the other mm -hmm. team can't deal with it, then they're going to be okay. That's not like a recipe for long-term sustained success. But they are much better than they were. So uh, that's mm -hmm. a, that's impressive. It's a place that looks like somewhere where other talented players might want to end up, which is very different than what they looked like last year. This is going to be one of the great lose-lose situations for the Giants, right? Like, no, they're not going to do it. Saquon Barkley is a free agent oh, after this season. Doing it. Daniel Jones. Don't do it. Had his fifth year option declined. Like, they're playing just good enough. Yeah. The Giants are going to do something really stupid. They have no choice. How could they not do it? Saquon How could they not do looks it? looks incredible. And like you said, it's not like they have a good offensive strategy. It's just dump it off to Saquon. Have Saquon on the flat. Saquon on screens. <laughs> Hand it off to Saquon. Just... Close your eyes. Yeah. Oh, forget it hand it off to Saquon. Snap it to Saquon. Yes, Wildcat. Wildcat, Wildcat it was Saquon. Have him land with receiver, oh. basically hold the ball for like eight minutes at a time, which happened twice in the second half. Mm -hmm. I mean, it does feel – look, by the way, the Giants have more wins already this season than they had all of last season. I, I, I – it's funny. It is funny to find the Giants in this like trick bag of uh, non-mediocrity. <laughs> or maybe I mean because last I mean and I guess maybe we have to argue about whether they're actually non-mediocre. But it feels like the other chart we can make about not cooked and super cooked has Brian Dable on the left side and Joe Judge all the way. I mean, off the grid, truly on the right. Like they could not be more opposite at this point. In the mind, I will the not allow you. I will not allow you to slander Joe Judge without also slandering Gettleman. David Gettleman deserves your slander. If Joe Judge is going to get it, I want them all to have it. They all deserve it. Bill Barnwell, you are a computer guy. We all know this. Mm -hmm. So <laughs> I, you weigh in on I, I, I want to believe that when Dave uh, Gettleman was doing the typing thing, he was imitating me typing because that's exactly <laughs> the way I type. And I feel like he knew that. Uh, does everyone remember that when he so good. did like a uh, – it was like a preseason press conference, wasn't it? 
and he was being criticized for like not being up on analytics and and being old fashioned and he was trying to satiate the angry fan base mm-hmm. by saying that they hired some computer guys <laughs> yeah like four they hired a strike force of computer guys <laughs> was it computer guys was that the word the terminology that he yep, used that was 100 was the terminology guys? it was computer oh guys it, it was straight up the way your parents would talk about <sighs> going to best buy <laughs> And seeing <laughs> seeing the geek, geek squad, hundred hundred percent. He got his own little geek squad. Uh, he said it with now. like a thick Boston accent too. It was <laughs> it was a great moment. I want to look that up. I don't know. I, Pablo's normally the one that calls for Can you we guys edit to do that in editing, yes. but I have to at this point. I think it deserves. <laughs> we have we're in the process of we've hired four computer folks, uh, software. And we are completely redoing our back end of our college and pro scouting systems. Dave Gettleman. Uh, Dave Gettleman. Yeah. All right. All right. Wait, 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 Bill. Let me me answer the Dayball thing. Here's the difference between the 2021 Giants and the 2022 Giants. It's confidence. Joe Judge did not trust Jake Frome to even take a snap and throw the ball on third and long last year. The Giants were a disaster. Their, their coaches did not trust the players, and that became a self-fulfilling prophecy. This year, for better or worse, the Giants trust their players. Week one, uh, they're, up by, they're down by one point against Tennessee. They go for a two-point conversion. Yes. They trust Saquon Barkley in the offense to win the game. It's a terrible play call. They have a guy running into the backfield free, but Saquon does Saquon stuff, and they win the game. This week, against the Packers and Aaron Rodgers, they're banged up on defense. Would it have been easy to say, hey, let's play soft zone coverage. Let's make Aaron Rodgers throw the ball 45 times, march the ball down the field to beat us. They went out and they blitzed. They played cover zero when they needed to. They won the game because they trusted their secondary. That is the big difference between these two teams from 2021 and 2022. And even if it doesn't work out as well as it has the first few weeks of the year, even if they don't get the same results, that is at least building a culture that can win, that is capable of sustaining itself in the years. I'm getting, I'm getting a, a buzzer from Dominic Fox. Yeah, because you're a computer guy. Don't be out here talking about culture. <laughs> Let's talk about numbers. I, I stay off of your turf. Stay off of my turf. You, you, you just jumped on my turf. Computer guys. No, I laughed. I laughed at computer guys. I did. <laughs> I didn't. I did not say one statistic. I did not get it. Get off my turf. You know. I'm the one know, that talks about feelings. Dominique, you know how patronizing I can be and what a dry wit I have. That's exactly what I was doing. I didn't mean any of that I just said. Thank they you. just Thank got you. lucky. I honestly, I honestly, you said that they didn't trust Jake Fromm, and I was like, those culture guys had a point. <laughs> he said he said Jake Frome, which I didn't know the second M made the O. Oh, like Ethan that, but now I, now I know. A reference I people definitely it. get. Alabaster has been so furiously tapping the next box on this menu. So let's, let's well, go. Let's I think it's time to move on to talk about the defending Super Bowl champs who might be cooked. How cooked are the Rams? I feel oh. like if you are asking how anybody who's on the how cooked mm. list you're not going to give us any any layups where we could just be like mm, tartar <laughs> uncooked like let's do a how cooked are the bills guys let's do it <laughs> the rams though the rams are an interesting uh sort of like 4 a.m in your kitchen reheating some dishes kind of team though and i think they're yeah they're they're towards super cooked to me they're leaning in that direction because once upon a time you knew what this dish tasted like. This tasted like a Super Bowl. Yeah. But now you're like you, you've 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 microwaved this dish like five times, and every time it's gotten worse. This so does taste like leftovers. 
Yes, leftovers. Do but like, have... they're kind of congealed. Like, <laughs> like, like, like the the spices and the seasoning are gone. It's like eating like airplane food that oh. you took off the plane and brought with you, and you're like, I'll eat that for dinner tomorrow. You should not have done that. That was a bad idea. <laughs> it tastes okay on airplane. It yes. tastes disgusting mm. on on dry land. <laughs> um, I. I, I I kind of want to make sure, can we put like a mark up there for where we put the Rams? Because I want it to be clear that, or where we put the Packers, because I would like it to be clear that the Rams are more cooks than the mm -hmm. Packers. Mm -hmm. They're definitely more cooks. And I don't know where to start with the concerns with this roster, but I do know that they know they're cooked because <laughs> they ran a wide receiver pass and a punter pass. That's how you know that they have no faith. They, mm -hmm. the, their coaching staff started this week like, we ain't got nothing, guys. <laughs> how, how are we going to manufacture some points? All right, let's put in all the fakes. How about we do a double pass? Like they spent time this, in, their, in their meeting. So, all right, hey, guys, we're going to let our punter throw the ball this time. It worked. It was successful. But it just mm -hmm. it's signs of desperation. And uh, I don't know what – uh, Cooper Rush ended up with statistically, but I know I looked at it a couple times through the course of the game. He had less than 100 yards, mm -hmm. and the Cowboys were up by, like, nine points. I was like, <laughs> oh, you guys are not doing well. That's mm -hmm. sad. So they're cooked. They might be all the way cooked. And mm -hmm. I see Cam Akers running out, running around out there in number three. It's like, man, y'all didn't even save Odell's jersey for him? It's just... Uh, you're 102 right. yards, by the way, for Cooper Rush. No touchdown. Oh, nice. No oh, up the century got, mark. Got over the triple digits. That's all. Uh, you, quarterback controversy. Asked, it's hot. You asked for 100 <laughs> yards from Cooper Rush. That's all you need to win the game. Now, Dominique, I agree with you and I don't agree with you. You're right that they're cooked. But when you say you don't know where to start with this team, there is a Offensive really line. obvious. No, we're starting with Matthew Stafford. Like, oh, yes. yes. The line is bad. Oh, Matthew man. Stafford, Pablo hates Matthew. I do. Matthew Stafford has been throwing interceptions since the second half of last season, pretty much nonstop, including into the Super Bowl. And yes, they were able to win despite those mistakes and despite those interceptions in the Super Bowl because they had Von Miller, who was their second great pass rusher after Nary Donald, and they had Odell Beckham, who was their wide receiver, who could win in man coverage when teams were focused on Cooper Cup. And I don't know if you guys have noticed, Von Miller plays in Buffalo now, and they don't have mm. that second great pass rusher. And Odell Beckham is not playing at all, and they went out and got Allen Robinson to play that role. And let me tell you, we can be very clear about the cooked meter for Allen Robinson. He's Going, Baker Mayfield is waving goodbye at Allen Robinson as he is just charcoal running down the field. Allen Robinson is totally, totally <laughs> cooked. And Allen that Robinson is, is inside of a volcano right now, Aww. just perpetually being torched now, by everybody. Now you're sympathetic? <laughs> Allen Robinson is the one guy we're, we're being Yeah, I mean, I just felt bad. It just, I don't know. It just, I don't know. It was extra cooked. But I mean, I and guess then, my... Oh, sorry. Please no, continue no, to go ahead. I was going to say that my defense of um of Stafford is the exact same argument that you made is that Stafford's not different. So like Stafford's still doing Stafford's things, but they, he doesn't have the support and the offensive line, the receiving, and the defense that he would need. So yeah, I guess it exposes him. But if he's cooked now, he was cooked last year, and he was playing well enough last year to win a Super Bowl.
he he was surviving, but they had better more around him last year. Yeah, the line was better, the receivers were but better. I guess I'm just I, I guess my opinion is that Matt Stafford is Matt Stafford. He's being Matt Stafford now without the I support am, that he needs to to be the good version of Matt Stafford. Mm-hmm. I am glad that you switched back unconsciously to calling him Matt because the whole Matthew thing I am so over. Oh, is that what he he made Ooh. us say? Matthew? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, okay. He made us say it. He won a Super Bowl. Everybody said it, and now I feel like we can officially give him the the Nathan. What is it? The the reverse Nathaniel treatment? Yeah. That reverse Nathaniel. That's reverse right. Shorten your name, buddy. He won a Super Bowl, though. So yeah. Does some other quarterback now have to get their name extended because we're going back to Matt Stafford? Ooh. I mean, it's like, got to be is, Cooper Rush. Is it? Is it Joshua Allen now? Like who? Ooh, who, who gets Joshua. their name extended? Nice. Copernicus. Copernicus Rush. Obviously. Oh man. The center of the ESPN. We got to move. Yeah. Move. There we go. Yeah. Shake them down a little bit. Shake them down. The Rams. The other issue with the Rams is that last year they got convinced that Cam Akers was their best running back and that they needed to ride him during the postseason. And Cam Akers almost cost them that Super Bowl. He was a disaster. It was great he came back from the torn Achilles, but he was not good last postseason. And he has not been good this year. And he's still getting a significant percentage of the carry. So this is a team in the Rams where it feels like they have to make changes. They have to bring in players. And they're good at this. They always do, whether it's via trade, like Miller, whether it's via free agency for someone like Beckham. They have to do something to supplement the talent on this roster because as currently constructed, no, they cannot win a Super Bowl with this core of players without adding at least one or two more pieces over the next month or two. How cooked are the Miami Dolphins? This has been a bad month for the Dolphins. Yeah. A bad, a bad year, really. You would say. Um, who's the it quarterback? Was up and down. Now? So yeah. <laughs> What's his gracious. name? It's Skylar Thompson. Oh, is his nice. Skylar. That's, that's a he, real CWS he, he did just name. Play, he could just play today. It's not like I'm pulling a name from a guy that hasn't played in a while. Yeah. Um. I mean, I, I don't know how to. I don't know how to answer this question. They got destroyed by the Jets today. Mm-hmm. I thought their defense was good. Their offense is not going to be good with Skyler. Like, I feel like they're towards the cooked ish. I just, before I I finalize my cooked or not cooked answer, Mm -hmm. I would just like to take a second to think about the roller coaster that has been the Miami Dolphins. Yes. Like, this offseason was possibly the most embarrassing offseason for just about any team in a while. Mm -hmm. From like the, the, we tried to get Tom Brady. We fired our coach because we're, and then he sued us for being racist. And then our owner is going to get suspended. And then all of a sudden, we get this new young coach and we're on a rocket ship. We're the best team mm-hmm. in football. And it's like a legitimately, it's like a out of nowhere feel good. Three story. and oh, baby. And yeah. And, and then we knock our quarterback out in back-to-back games in five days, and now we're the shame of the league again, and then we're getting blown out by the Jets. No, you missed missed the fact that the backup quarterback today, yes, happened to be concussed in the first Mm -hmm. quarter as if that wasn't a point that had been proven previously. Teddy Bridgewater, (laughs) please embody the rule change that the Dolphins single-handedly inspired. That literally happened today. I don't know what to think about them. I, I think they need to be down towards the cookie. They have to wait. I mean, hold on, hold on. Mm-hmm. I know we're doing some bit of like um, empathetic thinking here, right? We're trying to give grace to a team that has suffered horrible injuries. But the mm-hmm. fact is, Skylar Thompson, aka the fifth lead in Riverdale, is <laughs> not a viable starting quarterback for a non-cooked team. What are we doing here? Yeah, I mean, I guess. 
You're right. And because of their his recent history with concussions, there will be no rushing anyone back. Um, no. And this team is done. Yeah. Are they the cookedest of all the cook teams? They might be. Bill. They're the most cooked? Bill, mm-hmm. how are they not the how are how are they not the most cooked? Hmm. We had a failed interjection there. Yeah. No, nah, it wasn't failed. It was it was succeeded in pushing that <laughs> foolishness away because he wasn't gonna say it worthwhile. <laughs> I think they are not that cooked, to be honest with you. I think they are a little banged up. And okay. in some cases, they're banked up Ooh. with quarterback training, which is a, motivational a bad thing to have banked up. But, please but proceed. I do think that they are well-positioned. Yes, the game got away from them this week. They had to start a third-string quarterback, not even start playing yeah. a third-string quarterback with no notice. And yes, if they had to play Skylar Thompson for a month, that is going to be bad. My assumption is that that's not going to be the case. And I think they are going to be just fine so, in the big picture. I agreed with you before you started even saying what you were going to say because like they lost that Bengals game in a short week with their quarterback and emotional concussion. Then the following week, they get blown out in the Jets with their third string quarterback. And every other evidence we have prior to that is they're a pretty good team. Mm -hmm. They're a, a not cooked team. However, once you get to that part about they're going to have another quarterback in the next month who is not a guy named Skyler, that's when it's hard for me to believe that they aren't cooked because we just acknowledged that if there's any team that mm-hmm. is going to be forced to be extra cautious with their quarterbacks, the mm-hmm. Dolphins, and not even the Dolphins. If it was the Dolphins, I could imagine that someone would be foolish enough to push one of those quarterbacks out there. Mm-hmm. The league will not let them <laughs> put mm-hmm. either of those quarterbacks back on the field so that we can have a longer story about how the Dolphins are systematically destroying the brains of their quarterbacks and mm-hmm. also the NFL. Like, sorry, Skyler, you're going to have to tighten up. Real quick, because we ain't got nothing for you. Like, Roger Goodell himself has determined that nobody else is going on the field, allegedly. Yeah, this is the first time the NFL has actually been concerned with player head trauma. I, <laughs> they, no, I'll, they I'll, I'll believe that when I see it. No, I don't think that. Oh, you trust me. I don't believe that they are concerned <laughs> with the head trauma. They are concerned with the reaction to the head trauma. Yes. They don't care about all the head trauma that happened this week. It is going to happen next weekend. They mm-hmm. care about a big, ugly incident that is on the same team back to back to back. That's what they care about. In that case, uh, I think that they would much rather the Dolphins have an embarrassing season than uh, another player go out there or one of the same players go out there and get knocked out again. And also, Tom Brady managed to get a win because of uh, this concussion fiasco. Oh, you think that was a literal false flag operation? That was a false yes. flag operation? You think that, that that, yes, that was a literal false penalty flag <laughs> operation. He got slung to the ground and then tried to kick Jared in the groin area. And somehow mm-hmm. it was roughing the passer. It was all because it looked somewhat like the way Tua got slung to the ground. But Tom's head ain't even hit the ground. Oh, well. Oh, it's the end of the Ooh. show. Oh, outstanding. Cheerio. So, it, to, sum, to summarize, everybody's cooked. Gubna? Everyone's cooked, and you can see them all in on. It's okay. getting better. It's getting <laughs> better at the very least. I, mean, I'm, I, I can be good at anything. Give me a week. <laughs> the best that you ever right. seen. Do- at any one time. next Sunday. Do- Dominique's 20 hours theory. Give Dominique 20 hours. He'll get good at something. <laughs> <laughs>